Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Buccaneers have a new quarterback, and it's the one we've been talking about for a while. He's Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick by the Browns. Comes here on a one-year deal. The most he can make if he plays a lot, $8.5 million, $4 million contract essentially with lots of playing incentives. We've talked about Baker, Steve. i got to be honest with you. and we'll, we'll, we'll kind of check the boxes that Jason Light has checked during this process. I think the Bucks have done a fantastic job this offseason because in addition to getting Baker Mayfield, they re-signed Levante David on uh, – on Wednesday, they, you know, of course, have already re-signed Jamal Dean. They get Aaron Stinney back after having, you know, dispatched, uh, you know, one of their guards to to the Houston Texans, um, Shaq Mason. And to be honest with you, with their salary cap situation when they started, to be where they are now, this has been a really, really successful offseason, I think, for the Bucks so far. And I don't know how much more money they have. There's still some of their free agents out there. But every single thing that felt like a priority for them, they've accomplished. Well, and let's start with they were $55 million over the cap going into this process. Yeah. yeah. So they've gotten under the cap. They've gotten a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. They've re-signed the best cornerback, free agent cornerback in the, in, available. Right. Uh, they still have questions yeah, on the, the offensive league. line. In the league, yeah. Yeah, yeah they mm-hmm. still have questions on the offensive line. So we'll sure. see what ends up doing that. But they have the draft, and you, you'll you have cuts and, and other things along the way. Mm-hmm. But all in all, to see what this team is now compared to what you thought it might be. Yeah. Just a couple weeks ago, as you looked at $55 million over the cap, the only quarterback on the roster is Kyle Trask. Sure. You didn't know what you were going to expect from that. It's All in all, it's been a very successful opening to free agency for this team now. Is this team good enough to win the NFC South and compete in the playoffs? Don't know yet. I think mm-hmm. Carolina's made some some good moves, and they're going to get a new rookie quarterback. Yep. I think the Saints have made some good moves. They've got Derek Carr as their quarterback now. They signed, what, Jamal Williams uh, on Wednesday yeah. night as well? New running back, yeah. Um, you know, So I, I think they're making some moves too. Mm-hmm. But what you, you know, what you thought could have been a worst-case scenario for the Bucs, they're not even close to that. Like, no. Everything they needed to accomplish, knowing their cap situation going in and knowing what they, they need to have for this season, and as you start to head towards the draft and figuring out what positions you're going to address in, in, in that as far as you know getting rookies, I think yeah. all in all it's been very successful for the Buccaneers. Yeah, and I mean, you know, look, it starts with the quarterback as it does in every level of every football um, organization from, from youth on up. And, and I'm just telling you um, – there was no Tom Brady's this time, right? Like Tom Brady, the unicorn, the goat, whatever animal you want to choose. I mean, he is. He gave them three years, and, and they mortgaged the farm, and they have to get their house in order. So with the limited amount of money, as you talked about, I know the reaction to Baker Mayfield was interesting to me because so many people had just like, and I'm this is a, you know, social media is a bad judge of this, right? But like, it's what we have, and Oh, so many people were like, no, oh, God, not that guy. Bah, 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 bah. Listen, the thing about Baker Mayfield that I think people are missing is that he's very capable, very capable of having a second act, right? Like, and I think it's not a coincidence. There's a couple things, and I, talk, I talked to his agent a little bit or exchanged some texts with him after Baker had signed. And, and I also talked to Todd Munkin, who was with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland one year under Freddie Kitchens. He was the offensive coordinator. Didn't call the plays, but some interesting things that Munkin told me as well. You have to remember who Baker Mayfield is, right, and where he comes from and where he went, you know. First and foremost, this is a guy who was, you know, all high school Texas quarterback, right, couple of state titles, all that stuff. 
But when it came came for college, when it came down to, you know, where are you going to go? He had two Division One offers. One was Florida Atlantic, okay? The other one was Washington State. And not exactly both, you know, bastions of, of uh, great college football. So he was ready to take, you know, it was time to choose, and he was going to take one of those scholarship offers. And his dad approached him one night and said, wait a minute, what are you doing? He's like, what do you mean what am I doing? I, mean, I got to sign with one of these teams. Like, I got, you know, I got offers. I... He goes, no, why aren't you following your dream? Your dream was to play Division One football at a bigger, at a you know a, a, a you know Big Twelve team or you know, team in Texas, whatever. And you're choosing to kind of settle for the scholarship you've been offered. And he's like, well, yeah, because these guys, I don't have that. They said, well, then why don't you bet on yourself? Walk on. He, he convinced him. They got in the biggest fight ever. They, he convinced him to walk on at Texas Tech. Now they had quarterbacks at Texas Tech. <laughs> And it didn't seem to matter. Baker walked on, won the job, played unbelievably. Okay. Now, Texas Tech wasn't his dream. Now his focus was Oklahoma. They had quarterbacks there too. And he decided, I'm going to go walk on at Oklahoma. Now, he had, after playing well as he did as a freshman, everybody knew who he was now. So, you know, it wasn't like they didn't understand who Baker Mayfield was coming. You know, certainly Lincoln Riley knew who he was the offensive coordinator at the time. And he goes to Oklahoma, and, of course, the rest is history. He's always bet on himself. Coming out into the draft, Steve, they thought this guy was going to be, like, mid-first round. Like, I mean, here's the problem. He's barely six foot tall. They list him at six foot. I don't know if he's six foot. We'll see. I'll stand next to him. But he's always got. He's always been that, you know, the little man that uh, has a chip on his shoulder, a big one, a giant one. But the thing is, he loves football. He loves football. He's not one of these guys that just, you know, kind of loves what it gives him. He loves football. And when he was at the Combine, he was telling people, you know, they're asking him, you know, where do you think you're going to go? And what do you think, you know, the Cleveland Browns? And, and understand this about the Cleveland Browns at that time. They had gone 3-13, and 1-15, and 15, and were 0-16 when he came out in 2018. Think about that. They had won four games in three seasons, okay? And no one, the Browns were terrible, right? rightfully so, and that's why they had the first pick. So they're at, talking to Baker Mayfield. He goes, you know what? I'm the perfect guy to go in there and turn that around. And everybody went, whoa, is this dude cocky? <laughs> like, come on, man. They're 0-16, bro. <laughs> and he was serious. And everybody looked at him like, uh, yeah, you're shoveling it now, right? You know what? He went there, and it was a train wreck, and he had a ton of coaches. He had four coaches in three years, head coaches, right, and a bunch of offensive coordinators, and he didn't get it turned around because they were bad until his third season. And Munkin was there, and Munkin, they did some things, but he says, you know, I kind of failed him, and um, I wasn't calling plays, but I tried to install some things that he didn't really believe in, and you know, probably a bad idea, some bad ideas I had on my part. But the next season, after uh, Munkin and Freddie Kitchens were fired, he took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. They went 11-5. and five, And he beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in a wild card, right? And everybody's like, whoa. And that's when the commercials came and all this. He's an interesting guy. His record isn't that different than what Drew Brees' was when he was with the Chargers, to be honest with you. And then, you know, he got into a situation where the Browns didn't want him anymore, and he knew it. And so he gets traded in July to Carolina. That organization was a train wreck. It was almost like going from the frying pan to the fire, even though the Browns had gotten better under Baker. And he played hurt. He had his shoulder, all that. And you go to Carolina, and Matt Rule gets fired in, in five weeks. He goes one and four. And Baker Baker won the job. And then he hurt his ankle. And, you know, by the time he came back, Sam Donald had played, and then they fired a coach, and then they got rid of Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have any players, you know. And then it ends up with the Rams for the last, what, four weeks. Has two days of training uh, with Los Angeles. Comes in and beats the the Raiders in Las Vegas one night, trailing 16-3 to in the fourth quarter. I mean, 
it's not as if he can't play, Steve. I mean, this is the thing. Like People talk about Baker Mayfield like, oh, he's a bust. Oh, he can't. Look at the situations that he has been through and how he is still, you know, um, I think, a pretty good get at this stage for the Bucks. I I don't know you're going to find somebody that has that experience, that pedigree, and and I think production given the circumstances and at that pay rate. I mean, he's Perfect. not getting he's not getting forty million like Derek Carr. That's right. He's you a know, bargain. He's not Aaron Rodgers' money. He's getting traded to the Jets, presumably, and we'll get to him. He's not getting Garoppolo money either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you you couldn't afford that pay rate. Nope. So you're paying $4 million and maybe up to 8.5 if he performs really well. Right. And these days, backups get $8 million. Mm-hmm. Well, Andy Dalton's getting, what, two years, 11 mil as a backup? Yeah. Yeah. I think. And, you know, so, uh, look, is is he the best quarterback in this division? I don't think so. I think Derek Carr is. That's fair. We'll see who the, you know. Whoever He's the, got more playoff wins than Derek, yeah. Derek Carr. Yes, however. he does. Yes, but I mean, I, I think Derek Carr's. I think Derek Carr's been a train wreck of an organization, much like Baker Mayfield has been for most of his career. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I. I but and we'll see who Carolina drafts and how good CJ or Bryce. Yeah, how or, quick you know, one of those guys or CJ Stroud can play. Andy Dalton may start. So we'll see that. But is Baker Mayfield giving you a a, a chance to? compete in this division and win it yes is he better absolutely. than Kyle Trask I absolutely believe that and I, I don't know is. if we know what Kyle Trask is yet and right you know we also know that Kyle hasn't played a ton of football and is was kind of a late bloomer at Florida as well and mm-hmm. you know and, and maybe he will be in the NFL as well and you know look I think he's going to get time in, in training camp to show what he can do but uh, Baker Mayfield's the starter here I don't think there's any question. He, he about is that. unless he falls apart. I mean, sure. I, I just think he's played too much football and too much good football. And here's the thing: like the other part of this, and and this you cannot overlook, is Baker's here. The money's inconsequential to him this year, right? He wants he came as we talked about. This is a place, one of the few places in the league where you truly, when you said you have an opportunity to win a starting job, you can go in there and start. They meant it, mm-hmm. and also. You have some good football players. There are guys that have, have Super Bowl rings on their fingers that can still play. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. It's the best core receivers ring. he's ever had. Um, well, I mean, he had Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., and I think he had some guys, you know. Um, yeah. They didn't have jewelry, right? But they, they – and actually, Odell Beckham Jr., they had a falling out at the end. I thought it was – you know what that reminded me of? And I watched it from afar, and I, I was talking to Mary Kay Cabot, who covered the Browns for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Um, who's a beat writer there, and I kind of – she didn't disagree with me necessarily, but, like, when they brought Odell Beckham Jr., and that reminded me of when Deshaun Jackson came in for Jameis Winston, right? Mm-hmm. We need, we're going to upgrade the position. We need some speed, right? Well, here comes this kind of diva receiver that's done a lot in the league. And so what happens when you have a young quarterback who hasn't accomplished much, and then you got the receiver who's always open, right, in his ear? Throw me the ball, throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. And, you know, the quarterback knows that the organization's paying him $11 million or whatever it was for Deshaun at the time. So that he knows they want the ball to go to that guy. Mm-hmm. It's not a healthy thing because because the quarterback is trying to learn where the ball should go regardless of who the player is, throw it to the open man, understand where the defense rotation is. You know, the defense, what did Brady say all those years, right? The defense will tell you where the ball's going. I'm, I'm not going to force things. like, um, And – then you have this diva receiver who has come from the Giants and he, he expects the football. I don't think that was good for Baker. They got the, you know, they got mm-hmm. along, they made the playoffs, and then the next year they had a falling out. So I think that was difficult for him. Mm-hmm. But what does he have here? Why is this perfect? Dave Canales. That was going to be the next point. Dave Canales is running whose offense? Not the Seahawks. Seahawks adaptation, it's the Rams offense. What did he do when he went to the Rams for two weeks with playmakers? Mm -hmm. He made plays. He made a lot of plays. There's a lot of movement at the quarterback position in this offense. What Baker can do very well are the RPOs, 
the quick throws, get him on the outside, get him on the edge, right? He makes good, quick decisions, and he's accurate. And he has a strong arm for a little guy. He really does. So he can do all of that. And I think that because of it, um, he understands this. He needs to be last year's Geno Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Much younger version, not an old guy by any means, a lot more pedigree than Geno. Geno went in the second round, I believe, from West Virginia. But all Geno did was go in and win nine games, make the playoffs, throw for 4,000 yards, and then what did he have? He got a three-year, $30 million a year contract. Okay. That's what Baker Mayfield wants out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He wants a guy like Dave Canales and this group of receivers. And, and let's face it, there's Super Bowl champions on this team. There's a heartbeat of a champion on this team. They have spent three years, you know, being pretty much conditioned by Tom Brady about how you work, how you take care of your body, how you play as a team, uh, all of that, right? The precision, all of that. And there's enough of those guys around that you you can win here. And so when I talked to his agent, he goes, you know what? That was for him, in addition to the opportunity, obviously. But for him, I think it was he looked at the team and felt, I can win there. But not only can I start there, right? He started in Carolina. He started with the Browns. But he thinks he can win here. And he says that was big in his decision, Tom Mills' agent told me. So, look, I I don't know what's going to happen. This could go south in a hurry. And you know what? If you never see Baker Mayfield on the field this year, you know what that means? Kyle Trask is one hell of a quarterback. That's what it means. Mm-hmm. So it's win-win. If Baker can't play. If he can't get on there, it's because Kyle Trask is all that and then some. All right, we got more important signings to talk about, including the captain is back. El Capitan Levante David is coming back for one year, as well as Anthony Nelson. But first, I want to remind you guys, as I do every single podcast, haven't you listened to me by now? I know you have, because they've told us you have. It's May Electric Solar. You need to remember that name, because they're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now for 13 years. You might have run into some of these companies, but May Electric Solar is here and committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty, three decades, man, plus with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances, what they call is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. They're going to match their products with your needs, and you'll see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, so you know all those guys up there on the roof with those solar panels, those are... Billy Mays guys, and they know exactly how to do the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. Here's the number, 727-819-2862. Schedule your free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Among the priorities that the Bucks had, re-signing Jamel Dean, one of the top five free agents of any position by football focus when when the season when the offseason started. They got him back, right? Four-year deal. Um, and then we mentioned the quarterback position. Levante David. Getting back Levante David, who for the first time, to be honest with you, was a free agent. I mean, he, he had signed two other extensions since being drafted in 2012. But he had a chance to look around this time. And he got apparently plenty of interest. We heard about the Buffalo Bills and some other teams. He comes back for a one-year deal worth $7 million guaranteed. Now, he could probably make more based on play times and things like that. He had made $12.5 million each of the last two years. It was going to cost him almost $6 million on the salary cap, or more than $6 million, I think, in, in dead money if he didn't play. So now you get the player back. You can actually lower his uh, base salary and lower the cap value. And so it's really a win-win for everybody. And and just to, you know, he's a year-to-year guy now. And I think it was surprising last season because he had struggled with injuries, you know, with Liz Frank and everything the year before. And he and then he, he came back, got into great shape, maybe the best shape he's been in in his career. 
Um, got his rest, took some days off, which he hadn't really done a lot of on a regular basis in the past, and he made it through every game. And not only did he make it through every game, he has as many tackles as Devin White, and he made some splash plays again. And it would be different if the Bucks had someone to turn to, but they don't, right? K- mm-hmm. K.J. Britt is not there yet. I don't know if he will be, but he's not there yet. And so to get a voice like that, uh, you know, nine years a captain, like, I mean, that is so huge for this football team and that defense, which is going to lose some players. And some of the guys that they have are younger guys they have to really count on, um, like an Anthony Nelson, who they brought back for two more years, the the outside linebacker. Um, And I think, and even for Devin White, to have one more year. That's the biggest thing. We know, and we've talked about it for years in this podcast. Yeah. When Levante David is lined up next to Devin White, Devin White is a much better player. He's a better player. Yeah. Levante no David doubt. I don't want to say covers up his mistakes. No, I but think it's a good it's a good phrase. He does. He's 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 cosmetic for them. He yeah. covers up his his mistakes or his over aggressiveness. Well, I think it's it, I, I think of it kind of like we've talked about Anton Strawman with Victor Hedman for years. Mm-hmm. And where, you know, Victor by, having, by having such a solid guy next to you. Right, that can see everything and be in the right position it allows you to be more aggressive. Because if you're over aggressive, you don't get burned. Because Levante David's there to get your back, or Anton Strawman was a Victor Hedman. Right. So when you have a when you have a player that's so dynamic talent wise at a position like that, linebacker. Yeah. That can make a lot of splash plays. Right. But sometimes you're going to make a mistake with that and get burned. You need to have another mm-hmm. linebacker next to you that can cover that up mm-hmm. on those times when you went too far or went too wide or whatever it is. You know, and I, I think just another year of Levante David next to Devin White is huge for that defense. I do too, and I'm happy he's going to get to finish his career. And look, you know, it's always a a tough calculus because he could chase a ring, but you know what? He has a ring. And he has one in a place that it means more to him than if, if it had gone somewhere else and gone one one, mm-hmm. because he spent a lot of years and didn't even make the playoffs until Tom Brady arrived. And mind you, you got here in 2012. They went to the playoffs in 2020. Okay, that's a lot of seasons. Was that nine, eight, nine seasons? They didn't. They didn't snip the playoffs. He had, and he had one one winning season out of all of those, a nine and seven season with their cutter. So if you really look at it that way. Um, He's seen a lot of bad football, but he never played bad football. He's always been one of their best guys. Derek Brooks is his idol. Derek Brooks played his entire season here. He walks through the facility and he sees, you know, Brooks's picture everywhere. And and that's kind of, you know, he mentored him a little bit from afar. And, and that's kind of who he's modeled his game after. And uh, quite frankly, his numbers are incredibly similar. He probably won't go to the Hall of Fame. Because he was anonymous for so long, you know they had one o'clock games and they lost and they weren't in the postseason and nobody learned about Levante David till he till he made his Super Bowl at age thirty. Um, but he can still go, he can still play, and you know when you think about some of the guys are going to lose, you you need you need people like Levante, especially for Devin, but also. You know, you've got a young guy in Anthony Nelson coming back. Vita Vey is still sort of in that hasn't I think he hasn't reached his ceiling yet. I think there's still some some growth there. Joe Tryon Swinka needs to take another step. You know, he's had like four sacks, four and a half sacks in each of the last two years. He needs to grow. You might get Shaq Barrett back. They they're hoping they do, um, coming off the Achilles injury. Don't know what version he'll be, but you know, having Shaq and people having to pay attention to him is huge. We talked about the two linebackers. You got a safety in Antoine Winfield Jr. and you got bookend corners, shut down corners, guys that commanded top salaries in this league, you know, in um in Davis and, and Jamel Dean. And that's a pretty damn good nucleus for a defense. And you're gonna add players and you have some players, you know, from past drafts that are going to step up, uh, you hope in future years. So you combine that with what they have on offense and the quarterback, I think it's big. But but from a psychological standpoint, period, right, to have 54 back in the middle of that defense with a C on his chest, it brings stability. You know, it brings confidence. It's like we're okay. 
you know, he's going to remind them and some of the younger guys as he always had, you know, he's, he's quiet. He speaks when he needs to. Um, but when he does, everybody listens and it resonates in that locker room and with no Tom Brady, right. Um, his voice is going to be needed even more. And I think the Bucks realize that. And I'm glad they value it. You know, it's not 12 and a half million, but then again, he's not 24 years old or 25 years old. He's made a ton of money. Um, and I don't think that, you know, with a, with a young baby and, and, and new wife, I don't, I don't necessarily think he was looking to move to Buffalo or the Giants or whomever was, you know, interested in him. But I'm glad, I'm glad that he's staying here for one more season. That was big. Really big for the Bucks, and then I mentioned they got Anthony Nelson back, who's been really productive. Had to step in for Shaq Barrett, started eight games. He's had eleven and a half sacks in the last two years. Um, two years ago, he only played like thirty something percent of the defensive snaps. So he's highly efficient. A lot of plays, a lot of forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, things like that. Long guy. They draft him in the fourth round out of Iowa. For him to get to a second contract is huge for him and for Jason Light. And for the guys that drafted him, because he's really developed, you know, six, seven, two hundred seventy something pounds, long reach. He's developed into a into a very capable player. So, not to not to make you guys think that you know the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl because I don't know that they are, and there's no reason to expect that necessarily. But when we went to the combine and all these questions were out there and lingering, like who's going to play quarterback? Are you going to get any of these guys free agents back? What's going to happen? And they're not done. They're not done. There's still some things they can do. They'll need a third quarterback who I would suspect might be Drew Locke, somebody that in the room that knows the offense with Dave Canales. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's just uh, kudos to them, man. Kudos to the Bucks. I, I think it's been solid. It's been whirlwind these last three days. It's crazy. Mike Greenberg, I can tell you, is not getting any sleep. Any sleep. <laughs> um, he's. De- I feel for him every time I text him, like, sorry, Mike. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Um, he's like, yeah, we're just down to like the, the, the language and, and the details. And he goes, but this is the worst part <laughs> trying to, you know, you remember there, there will be lawyers in these contracts. So, uh, but, uh, Jamal Dean will speak this morning, um, or this afternoon, I guess around, what is it now? 1230. Um, and we'll get a chance to talk to him. And I would, I would suspect by next week, maybe sometime, probably not the end of this week, but probably early next week, we'll get to see Baker Mayfield. And I'm, I'm telling you, no more entertaining quarterback is there, especially on TV. Uh, his commercials are great, a very colorful guy. And, and uh, you know, I, I, I think he's going to, from what Munkin tells me, and, you know, guys will follow him. Like, he is, he is going to be on it, and he's going to be prepared, and he loves football, and that's infectious. And, um, you know, having lost Brady, I think that's, that's important that they get somebody who's got a lot on the line. You know, Baker Mayfield's fighting for his his career. He's fighting for his legacy. He still has a chance to fulfill all those things that he wanted to be when he came out as the number one pick. Um, you know, so we'll see if he's able to do it. Uh, also in the NFL, do you see Aaron Rodgers? Did you watch any of this on the Pat McAfee show? Did you see any replays of that? Uh, I caught a little bit of it live. I kind of jumped in like 10 yeah. minutes in, and he was still talking about whatever the past. and yeah. It took him a while to get well, to his his uh, finding the darkness and coming out of it. Yeah, it, listen that whole thing. Here's the thing. Here's where he lost me. And and just to jump to the end here, he plans to play for the New York Jets. That isn't that is the plan. Where we stand right now is the Jets haven't worked out a compensation package yet. You know, with the Green Bay Packers, and it sounds as if the Packers are you know. Not in a hurry. Could care less. Uh, they're going to get what they want, right? Which would you imagine? They're, they're looking at the past deals for Matthew Stafford and, and such. Look, they're not getting that deal. But they're also not willing to accept, you know, what the Jets gave the Packers 18 years ago or whatever it was for Brett Favre, which was like a conditional fourth. That's not happening, okay? So somewhere in there is the mama bear. But in the meantime, Rodgers... I I kind of go between really entertaining to just a show you wish would would you know would run itself out like like it's should cancel this show because they they don't have any more plot lines. But think about this now: the guy, um, drama every year doesn't know we want to play you know psychedelic whatever all this. This time he this guy goes into a dark room 
for whatever, four or five days, I think it was four days, limited water, no TV, no radio, no, no, absolutely dark, where you're just alone with your thoughts, right? And you have nothing else to do but examine yourself, your quiet space, right? In the dark, which would freak me out. Um, and he does this, and he listens to his voices and whatever else that inspired him, uh, aromas or otherwise, and he comes out, he says during the interview with Pat McAfee, and says, yeah, I came out of there, man. I was 90-10 retire. I was going to retire. 90% sure I was ready to retire. Okay, first of all, let's break that down. I spent four days in there, and I'm not sure. Well, I, and spend five, man. I'm not going to sit in the dark and have any ambiguity about any decision, right? Like, I should have clarity by that point. I mean, four days? Four days of sleeping, dreaming, whatever it is you do in there? 90-10. He was going to retire. Okay, there's there's number one. Number two is he says, I finally got within range of my cell, having a couple of cells in the cell phone, and I had all these text messages from people. And he goes, when I went in, the Packers were like, yeah, man, hey, whatever you think, you're you're a Packer for life. You know, we'll do whatever you want, blah, 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 blah. We really like to have you back. You know we'd love to have you back, whatever. So when I came out and I started reading these messages, it was like, yeah, they're telling people they're ready to move on. That's not the that's not the same story at all that I had going into that room. Okay. So you were 90% sure you wanted to retire and then a couple text messages later you're like that's it, I'm playing. Screw these guys. I want to go to the Jets. <laughs> what, what just happened, man? I want my money back from the dark room, dark therapy, whatever the hell that was. That didn't work. Yeah, it's uh... <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I and and he talked about you know he has no issues with the Packers and you know no he was very uh, complimentary about him he, he was, was complimentary of Jordan Love as well and sure um he's just a different cat man I you know there's there's a theory and I, I don't know I kind of subscribe to this a little although I don't know I guess you you could apply it to Tom Brady too there's the old saying that. And you've heard this, Steve, that if you're thinking about retirement, you already are. Well, you, you wonder with Tom Brady that you wonder with Sean McVay. Yeah. With the Rams. Right. That's right. Um, who, you know, last year possibly was leaving. This year kind of said, hey, I'm going to take some time. And then like a week later, he's like, I'm back. Right. Are you, are you really back? Because obviously you were thinking of doing In the case of Brady, he was retired for 40 days. Right? Mm-hmm. Retired. Out. There's a, there's a school of thought in professional sports, and otherwise, you put the keys on the table, you can't pick them back up again, man. And the ones that do, that you know, the Brett Favre's usually doesn't turn out great. Somehow, Michael Jordan did. Well, the first time he came back, he did. He did. You're right. Although when he retired, he went to play baseball. It's not like he gave up sports and then came back. Yeah, he kind of. And it, there was another thing that happened with Michael Jordan, and that was the murder of his of his father. Mm-hmm. I think there was an emotional sort of mm-hmm. abyss that he went to, right? We know a lot more about mental health these days. Um, baseball was his father's favorite sport that he wanted Michael mm-hmm. to play. There might have been a way of staying connected with his dad after that murder. I'm I'm not a psychologist, but I'll play one on the radio or on podcast, whatever whatever this medium is we're doing here. Um, and I'm just I'm thinking that you know that that was maybe just a an exhale. And then there's other people that have theories that the NBA was going to suspend him for gambling, so maybe there's something to that too. But in any case, he didn't really – he did leave the game, but he went to another game. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and then he, then, he, then he came back, and he won three more championships. Mm-hmm. So you're right. He was the outlier. He was the guy that, that does not maybe fit the And then he left the and mode. came back with the Wizards and did pretty well there. I mean, for his age. Yeah, he scored they 25 They didn't have a great team, yeah. but – Right, right. Yeah, he, he scored. He could, look, he, it, it, whatever he is, sixty years old, you go out there and take most most of these clowns. So I, um, I think his last year in Washington, I saw this graphic today because there's all the things about load management in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He averaged 37 minutes a game, over 25 points, and played every game. That would lead the league in the NHL this year in minutes. In the NBA? And he was he was like close to whatever age he was. 
the end of his career. He was career, almost 40, but, wasn't he? But, yeah, didn't miss yeah. a game and led the and would lead the NHL in minutes at this point based on that season. The N- NBA. You said the NHL. Yeah, NBA. NBA, NBA yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I got the NHL game on the team. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you're a lightning uh, <clears throat> producer. But I, I think that, yeah, when you can score 25 and grab 10 a night and, and play that many minutes, and, of course, back then they didn't know what load management was, you know, they kind of felt like people paid their money. They should show up and and perform. I always thought that was the idea. Mm-hmm. But regardless, um, yeah, Michael's one of the few. But but it, it didn't work out so good for Tom Brady. You know, and I'm not. And we know the circumstances and the personal problems and the the team and Ryan Jensen and like there's so many things that are beyond your control. But right mentally, there was a time when he was out. You know. And so you just wonder with Aaron Rodgers might have been four days, maybe he still had a ten percent window open, but boy, that window got wide open as soon as he found out. And and now, now he's got that fire lit again, right? Like say, maybe that chip thing. on the shoulder is you know it's that. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a little wide. Need, needed that chip. That just the spark, and the spark was aha! You quit on me, and it's so ironic. I mean, it's even right down to the same team. And I lived through the Brett Favre stuff, but right down to the same team, you know, he was the new guy in town, and Favre was the established veteran, and why did you drop this kid? And sat him on the bench for four years. Well, we got to find out something. we got to play him at some point. And Favre had to leave town, and he was bitter about that. And then, damned if it didn't happen to Aaron Rodgers the exact same way, and they both went to the Jets. You couldn't make this up. It's incredible. <laughs> I would suspect that he's not going to play for the Vikings next year, but we'll see. Um, but he's following the same exact path. And as far as I know, Brett never went to a dark room. You know? Went to a dark wood somewhere and shot something probably in Mississippi, but he didn't go to a dark room. So, yeah. Or, I don't... you know, committing fraud or whatever that he's been accused of <laughs> now. But... Yee. If you're a lawyer, please call Steve Versnick at, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I said it's, he's been accused of. I'm, I don't. I don't know the details. Okay. But, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, you're not going Pat McAfee on. I don't him, know right? if he did it or not. I'm just saying what he's been accused of. <laughs> Isn't McAfee being sued for slander or something like that? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, we don't want to be. We don't want that to happen. But um, yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, it's like, and I think look, A. Raj can play. Here's what I would say: You're in the wrong division, Cat. You don't go from the NFC to the AFC. You do what Brady did. You go from the AFC back to the NFC. Well, you got to wait a year to go back because the Packers ain't trading under the NFC. So, well, yeah, I know <laughs> that's the problem. That's you know because okay, so if everything goes well and they finally consummate this deal and somehow he becomes a Jet, right? Mm-hmm. And he gets all his old Packers buddies together, like they're already starting to sign some of the guys that that he really really likes, uh, some of his former teammates. You got to win the AFC East, all right? Okay, last time I checked, Josh Allen and the Bills kind of own that division. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be bad next year. The Miami Dolphins are getting better, like, mm-hmm. every day. Now, I don't know what Tua's fate is, fortune, health, any of that. But when he was healthy, he played his butt off. He was an MVP candidate. And if everything goes south, they got a guy named Tom Brady sitting down there in, in Miami. He could help him out. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the Miami Dolphins. I like their personnel. They've, they've added to it, you know, since the free agency began. Like their new young head coach, they were in it last year all the way. Um, so you got the Dolphins, you got the Bills, um, and you know what? The Patriots could bounce back as well. You know, who's to say they're not going to bounce back? Mm-hmm. So that's it's a, a tough, tough division. division. That's a very tough division. Well, let's say you get out of that division. Let's say the Jets even get a wild card or they get they get to the postseason. Let's say they win in or get to the postseason. Who else you got in the AFC? Mahomes. I don't know. How about the monster in Kansas City? Right? Mm-hmm. They gonna be any good? Yep. I mean, there there are teams in the AFC. How about how about the Chargers? Mm-hmm. How about Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. They're gonna get better with Trevor Lawrence. They won a playoff game last year. It's a big, it's a long way back. It's been a long way for A Rod anyway, A Rod anyway, but there is a long way back in a much harder path than the AFC. Where in the NFC, who's your best quarterbacks? Jalen Hurts? Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott? Whoever the 49ers pick up next? Like, we're, you know, 
Justin Fields ready to win a Super Bowl? Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins, right? Like Jared Goff. Jared Goff? Who are you afraid of? Seriously, who are you afraid of in this division? Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean. You got Derek Carr now. Derek Carr, yeah. He, I mean, New Orleans is He went good from AFC to the anyone. NFC. He did the smart way. He did the smart move. That's right. All the good quarterbacks are living in the AFC, man, and that's not going to help Aaron Rodgers, whether he's now 90% in and 10% out or whatever the percentage is. And the New York market, this is the other thing that's going to be interesting because Aaron seems to be a little bit of an antagonist when it comes to the media. Like, he really doesn't like the media, which is fine because I don't take it personal or anything. But, buddy, I know the guys in Green Bay, and they're not soft. I don't want to say they're soft, but you don't have as many and they don't they're not as loud, right? Like it's the difference between New York and the Midwest. Been in New York, it's a lot of noise. You know, people gotta yell loud to get service at a restaurant for breakfast. Like I learned that lesson in the nineties. Um, or you'll sit there all day. Waiters will go by you a thousand times, never never even ask you if you want anything. You gotta you gotta demand it. Um I'm curious just how that relationship will go, you know. Because they're going to fight for the back page, and the Giants are really, really good, and everything's a story, and he'll have to he'll have to answer to to those you know a throng of media up there. So I don't know. It'll be curious, and I also don't know this, Steve. The Packers have no they have no hurry to do anything. What's their hurry? They want to play Jordan Love anyway. Outside of clearing the cap space, I mean, his salary's right. still on their cap, and. Sure. As far as if they want to sign some free agents or that. I mean, yeah, that could be part of it. But like they don't have to give them away. No. And I wonder and I don't you know, and again, he was very complimentary of the Packers relationship and the people there and especially the fans. But Aaron's kind of put them through some stuff, right? Over the last couple of off seasons. Maybe they don't want to just make it easy for him. Maybe they just want him to sweat a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, like. We're not in a hurry because God knows you never were at the end of any season over these last four or five years. So take a seat, buddy. <laughs> we'll get around. We'll get to you. We'll we'll do it in due time. Meanwhile, you know every Jet fan is just dying every day about when they're going to when is this done. I watch Greenberg, Mike Greenberg on ESPN all the time. He's he's like the neurotic Jets fan, uh, you know, come to life, but. So I just think it's funny. Um, but he is going to play, he says, and he wants to play for the Jets. So that's progress. It's not necessarily the end, but it's certainly progress. And we'll see if that happens. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you watching the World Baseball Classic at all? I haven't, and I should be because there's there's a number. Well, first of all, it's it's interesting to me. I like the whole you know play for the flag thing, mm-hmm. but there's a number of Rays in in this. Uh, Randy Rosarino is lighting it up. Is he five RBI on Wednesday? Is he with Mexico? Yes, because Cuba doesn't okay. have a team. Okay, gotcha. Yep. But did you five see? RBI. Did you see what happened in the Puerto Rico Dominican Republic game? On Wednesday night. No, but I got to imagine it, those two teams are great, right? Well, so Puerto Rico upsets Dominican Republic. I believe Dominican Republic's out now. They were the favorites. Oh, wow. But Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, gets hurt in the celebration, left oh, no. in a wheelchair. <gasps> oh, no. A wheelchair? Really? Went for, I mean, it was leg injury, Like a knee so thing? Leg or something, but he's uh. ex- went for x-rays tonight. There's no update as of oh. now after the game, but. This is the problem. That I'd be scared to death. I don't know if I was a general manager if I had let those guys play. I'm telling you, it'd be so hard to do. It used to be with the NHL. Remember when they go play? Well, um, but this is baseball is the one running this thing, so you don't you can't really deny them from going. 
Right, that's true. You're right. I mean, it the, is the Olympic. The Olympics is negotiated with as in the collective bargaining agreement whether like the NHL players can go play in the Olympics. Yeah. But yeah, he was hurt yeah, in the celebration, tough. not on the field playing, but in the celebration. That's worse, right? That's just so unnecessary. Yeah. Hopefully, it's nothing serious. But was it a dog pile? He's just jumping. I around? didn't see it. I've just been reading the updates online, and good lord, I've seen the video of him just sitting on the field afterwards, hurt. But. <sighs> Ah, the Mets will just go buy another pitcher. It's okay. <laughs> they got enough money. Screw it. I'm not going to feel sorry for him. But, yeah. So, Randy. So, now let me ask you this. So, if you're lightening up for uh, Mexico and you become Mr. World World uh, Tournament, League Tournament uh, MVP or whatever, win it all or not, does it help you or hurt you when you come back and start a season at the major league level when you are kind of been through the – emotional up and downs and putting playing at a hundred, you know, they're playing a hundred percent. Like here in spring training, they may get one at bat mm-hmm. and then they, they ramp it up to two at bats and maybe you'll play five innings, you know, one time before the season starts. But these guys are playing the whole games mm-hmm. and they're facing, they're facing guys throwing as hard as they can throw. So does that help you when you come back because you're ahead of those dudes or are you kind of like, I need a break, man. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not it's, ready it's hard for the to, season. We, we know Randy's a big game performer. He is. He, so loves he loves the spotlight. Loves the spotlight. Loves the stage. So this, yeah. you know, this tournament is perfect for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, when he comes back, I, I mean, you hope it, it helps that you got your swing going. You've got a rhythm. These guys at bats against live pitching. Yeah. yeah. But I, you know, and I, he's I, facing I think, major leaguers for the oh, most yeah. part. I think, but I think everybody's a little different. Do you see right. the? Uh, what country? I forget which country it was. A pitcher the other night um, s- struck out three big name players in a row. Yeah, came in the ninth inning, struck out. It was like uh, nice. Julio Rodriguez. Nice. Uh, just, I mean, it gave up a double in there, but otherwise, uh, struck out three. And the uh, Tiger Scout signed him on the spot. Oh, he was not a major league yeah, player. No, at that he point. was not. He was. Oh, I wow. can't remember that's, which country. That's he was a from. cool. By the way, that's a cool story. We almost have a goalie fight in the St. Louis Minnesota game. Ooh, Bennington and Mark Andre Fleury were trying to go at each other. Who stopped them? Well, the officials stepped they in. Got cent- they get to center ice together. Love goalie fights, man. I don't know how you can hurt each other, but they're kind I, I of gotta, funny. I gotta see. I gotta see this. I show the replays. Come on, TNT. <laughs> I just looked up and I'm like, like, "What the heck? Goalies are trying to go at it." <laughs> you're looking. You're listening live on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Is this happened 12 hours ago? <laughs> I'm sorry. You this is great about you. Just don't podcast. see that anymore. No, you don't. And what does it take, by the way? Is there bad blood coming into the game with another goalie, or does he do something to one of your position players where you go, yeah. well, "You can't Let's do see, that"? They're to showing my the guy. replays now. Here, do you throw a stick at a guy or something? Sometimes those goalies, you know, you oh, escape Hartman, by him. Oh, Hartman went and hit Bennington. Kind of dr- went by him and hit him. Bennington then went after and hit Hartman. Oh, jeez. So now Flurry comes down. Is this the Blues game you're looking yeah, at? Yeah, the Blues. Minnesota. Oh, now I'm seeing it. It's okay. unnecessary play by Hartman Ooh, he, to go oh, by he and hit him. Oh, he skated right over his leg. Yeah, it's, that's. What's Hartman doing? It's already in the net, and then he trips over his, and then he goes right after him, man. <laughs> he was not waiting. <laughs> I love Ooh, it. Bennington, good punch. That's awesome. <clears throat> Ooh. So now Flurry comes over. Yeah, they start dropping the gloves. Flurry, Flurry and Bennington, but the officials aren't going to let them go at it. Oh, this is great. That was great. Oh, man, why, why didn't they let him go? Oh, he got him out of the way, but then the other official stepped in. Dang. Now, what happened? Can you throw a goaltender out, or does somebody else have to go in the box? Um, basically, Unless when a goaltender gets penalty, somebody right? else goes in the box for you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I suppose Dang. you can get enough penalties where they throw you out, but. That's big time. Good game. 5 4 at this point. Anyway, seven I'm, minutes. I'm sure the audience is enjoying this, as, like you said, 12 hours I know. ago. This yeah, happened. you know what? That's what this is. This is. We bring you along for the ride, even if you know the <laughs> outcome. You get to hear our wonderment and excitement as it really occurs. <laughs> Yeah, we're not hiding the fact that it's not live, are we? Well, it's a podcast. By definition, it's not. 
There you go. And you can call it up anytime you want to, whether you know the score of the game yeah. or not. I mean, you may call us up anyway. a week from now and be listening going, what? <laughs> That's right. I'm going to listen back to this on my ride to the next vacation, whenever that is, probably sometime in July. What's a vacation? Um, yeah, good point. So uh, tomorrow we'll we'll talk a little bit uh, more about whatever goes on in free agency. We're going to hear from Jamel Dean. I mm-hmm. mentioned that earlier. Um, we're also going to have the Lightning playing again uh, against the New Jersey Devils mm-hmm. in the same city, which is yep. cool. You know, kind of like a playoff series almost. Yep. Um, trying to see if they can follow up on what was really one of their best performances on the road, if not anywhere in the season. That four to one victory is really solid. So we got all of that for you and, and more. Valspar. Uh, Valspar starts and, today. Oh yeah, Valspar. I can't forget about the biggest tournament in the uh, in the land. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. I was like, what is it the guy that when you go to the first tee, it doesn't matter the event, mm-hmm. and I'm, you're not playing the British Open, but he always sounds British when he announces the tee times. The twelve thirty tee time from Texas. Jordan Spieth. When you say that, like, the tea time, is it T-E-E or T-E-A time? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's T-E-A in Great Britain. I don't know. It's always tea time over there. You know? Jordan. And he's the only guy that sounds that way. He's the only golfer. It's like, it's not, you know, I don't know, name a golfer really right now. But, um, but yeah, with Spieth. Is it Jordan Spieth? I'm hoping that Jordan. Jordan's starting to play better, but he's kind of finishing top 10 every week. But he's got a, man, he was dominating the sport when he's like 25, 26 years old. He's already a Hall of Famer. He won like all four majors, I think, like almost in one year. But um, that fight was really good. So, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have some Valspar tomorrow. It's Rondi Barber Day, I think, out there at the at the links. I've seen Tiki's been around. Isn't every day Rondi Barber Day now that he's a Hall of Famer? <laughs> yes. Every day has been Rondi Barber Day for a while. I'll tell you what, man. He's one of the 50th most beautiful people in the world like me. You know what I mean? Um, every day is, is Ronnie. If you want to be somebody, when I come back, I'm going to be Ronnie Barber or Tiki, who looks just like him. So kind of the same thing. Um, but yeah, so it should be fun out there. I hope the weather is going to be a little cool. It's going to be nice. Not going to sweat too much. Um, be a little windy. So yeah, we'll see who can win the Valspar this year. So uh, check back tomorrow. We appreciate you guys listening, as always. For Steve Burstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 